morning. Welcome to church. We are glad that you're with us this morning. If you didn't grab one of these when you walked in, we have a new sermon series booklet. You can grab that. We also have a monthly flyer that has all the announcements coming up. So make sure you grab one of those. They're on the walls as you come in. Also, if you haven't checked in, please do so. The information's on the screen in front of you or on the wall behind me. Well, we are glad that you're here this morning. We have a couple of announcements that we want to put in. Actually, just one really big one. Today at 5 o'clock is our mandatory Night to Shine meeting. And if you haven't signed up, you have to be a volunteer, that's fine. Just show up tonight at 5 to be a part of the Night to Shine meeting. We'll go over all the details. And if you're not familiar with Night to Shine, Night to Shine is a prom for people with special needs, hosted by the Tim Tebow Foundation and the church. And we're really glad and really excited to host that this year. But for the rest of you all, uh, we are glad that you're here. We're going to pray, ask God to bless this time. So if you will pray with me. And let's see what God does this morning. Father God, we love you. We thank you that we come together in a body like this and worship you. And God, for those who are here, we are so thankful. For those who are in churches all across the world, we're so thankful. And God, we pray that you do something special in this place this morning. Father God, we love you. And we give this time of worship to you. And in your name we pray. Amen. Sunday morning church, it's great to see you today. Would you stand with us as we lift our voices together and sing of God's great faithfulness today? Come on, let's sing together. Here we go. Chaos fell in line. 
Well, first of all, good morning. So good to see you. Uh, I, uh, I missed being here last week just a little bit. Uh, I, I'm so grateful and uh, want to thank uh, Pastor Brad for, uh, for sharing uh, last week. And I, I, I will say I, I heard from a number of you that he did a great job. Uh, and I actually watched and, and had an opportunity to see that he did a great job. But I will tell you that um, you are not very good at following instructions because he specifically told you that your job was to tell me that he did a bad job so that we, I, I would feel welcome back, right? And uh, all of you have come up and told me that he did a great job, so we're going to be letting him go. Um, yeah, thanks, thanks, appreciate that. No, I, I am so grateful that, uh, that God has given us such a great team uh, of people around here. And, you know, in, in absence, God just really does a great work. And uh, I know that a number of you are excited uh, about hearing about our 53rd Sunday offering and all that that uh, entails. And we'll be sharing that with you upcoming. Several people have said to wait because they said that they might be uh, still giving to that this week. And so we'll be, uh, we'll be uh, just, it'll be an exciting week. And we're excited about being able to share that with you next Sunday. Today, though, I'm so glad that you're here because at the beginning of the year, Happy New Year, we're so glad that you're here. It's a great time for us to really focus in on everything that, that we are about. And, and that's really what this meal, as we share the Lord's Supper, is it's, it's remembering what we're about. And what we're about is the, the message that Jesus came to communicate to us. And, and that is that Jesus came to this earth and he lived a perfect life and he died on the cross for our sins. And we have the opportunity to receive him because he rose again. And so as we take the, the bread and the cup of the Lord's Supper, let it be another reminder to us of just how good God is to us, of, of just how good Jesus is in our lives. And so I just want to take just a moment 
And I just want to remind you that the bread represents the body of Christ. The cup represents the blood of Christ. We'll talk about that here in just a moment more. But the Bible also says that we are not to partake, to to participate in the Lord's Supper in an unworthy way. And so what that means is that as we receive the bread and the cup here in just a moment, as as a song is sung and, and we just have a time of worship, it's an opportunity for us to focus in, to ask God for forgiveness. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. What that means is that all we have to do is come to God and agree that we were wrong. And he says, I forgive you. I'm, I'm offering to you my forgiveness. And so as you receive the bread and the cup, I just want you to take a moment. A couple of quick uh, housekeeping things. First of all, um, if you don't have to be a member of Setson Baptist Church to participate in the Lord's Supper. All we ask is that if you've given your life to Jesus, you're welcome. And so you're welcome to participate here in just a few moments. And then as these plates are passed, there are, in every one of the little slots, there are two cups. One has the bread and one has the the juice. And so just be sure you grab both of those so that you can fully participate. Finally, if you're joining us from home today, I just want to say we would welcome you to participate with us. I know that we can't be there to serve you, but if you can find something in your house, cracker, juice, water, drink, um, or, or just something that represents the body and the blood of Jesus to you, then you can participate with us. Friends, we're so glad you're here, and what a wonderful time for us. I'm going to have a word of prayer. Our servers are going to come forward, and then we're going to share the Lord's Supper together. So if our servers would go ahead and come forward, let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for all that you do in our lives. Thank you for the privilege of knowing you. God, I thank you for the the remembrance of the Lord's Supper. And God, I pray that this would remind us once again of just how good you have been to us by sending us Jesus. And God, I pray that you will work in our lives and, and in our heart. And God, that you will accomplish your purpose in this moment. God, this is yours. And we trust you. And we ask that you would work in our lives and just help us to be reminded once again of how good you have been by sending Jesus to be the sacrifice for our sins. Help us to receive that and to understand it in our lives. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Promise. 
to live in remembrance, to recognize all that Christ has done, to reflect and to remember and to understand that Jesus came and gave his life for our sins. You know, it's a, it's a powerful thing for us to recognize that, that God loves us so much that he sent his only begotten son 
so that we could have eternal life. If you would, just take that bread and, and hold it in your hand. The bread represents the body of Christ. It was that body that was beaten and bruised and battered and, and spat upon. It was that body that on the, on the cross was cried out, it is finished. And Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. It was that body that breathed its last and was taken down from the cross for the purpose of being laid in the tomb, never to be seen again, right? Wrong. Because on the third day, that body would rise again, defeating death, defeating hell, defeating the grave, so that we could have eternal life. And we celebrate that today. The body represents the eternity that we can live with Jesus. On the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks for it. And he gave it to his disciples and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. In the same way, the cup represents the blood of Christ. See, when Jesus gave his disciples the cup, he said, this is my blood of the new covenant. That, that's an important concept. Because the covenant of God had, had been for years, centuries, that annually the Jewish people would come together for their celebrations and feasts and ritual observances, and blood would be shed for the purpose of the forgiveness of sins. But the new covenant was that Jesus would, was made sin once for all. And that the sacrifice that he made on the cross would pay the price for our sins for the rest of eternity. So that we might have true forgiveness and eternal forgiveness of our sin. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the cup and he blessed it. And he gave thanks for it. And he gave it to his disciples and he said, this is my blood, the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sins. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's pray together. Father, we're grateful. We're grateful for this moment. We're grateful for the work that you do in our lives. We're grateful for the privilege of knowing you. We're grateful for the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. And God, we pray that in this moment that you would allow us to recognize the gravity of what Jesus did for us. That we would not just go through the motions, but God, that we would truly understand just how much you love us by sending us your son and giving his life on the cross. God, I pray that as we continue to, to spend our time together today, God, as we continue and, and we open your word, God, I just pray that you will speak to us. I pray that you will change us. And God, even today, I pray that there might be someone's eternity that is changed right here in this room. God, I thank you for the work that you do in our lives. I thank you for the story of the message of Jesus. Thank you for the truth of your word. And God, I pray that you will use that in our lives today. We love you. And we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning we're going to be beginning a new series. It's a good time to do that. Um, it is uh, the, the new year. I know that all of your New Year's resolutions are fully intact, 
Um, we're seven days in, and I know that all of you have made uh, commitments to uh, either exercise every day. Or read your Bible every day. Or stop getting angry. Or start getting up early. And I know that all of those commitments are like solid right now. My New Year's resolution is to not make New Year's resolutions. Because it feels like I can keep that one. (laughs) It's like a guarantee. We, it is, though, I think it's a, it's a great time of year for us to focus in on some important uh, items and, and for us to recognize just all that God has done in our lives. The new year is a time of, of new beginnings, and it is a time of new commitments, and I'm, I'm grateful for, uh, for that, and I'm grateful for the privilege that we have of being able to see God work in our life and, and to recognize, uh, y- y'all, y'all might not fully, you know, kind of go along with me here, but, you know, The simple fact is that as believers, the Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. So it means that every day we kind of have a new opportunity to serve him. We don't have to wait for December 31st to to change to January 1st. We have a day, we have an opportunity every day of our lives and every moment of our lives to say, I just want to follow you a little more closely in this new day, in this new morning. And so anyway, that's, that's, uh, that's extra. You don't need that. Um, but Today we're going to begin a, a new series of, of messages where we're going to be looking at the gospel BC. Now, to, to get there, I just want to give you a little bit of, of uh, some understanding because I was, I was listening to a podcast recently and, and there was a pastor on there and he was talking about evangelism and talking about how we need to share our faith and talking about how we need to share the message of the gospel. And he made a statement that kind of hung with me and something that, that I think is, is probably true and it, and it bothered me a little bit bit. It was this statement. He said, I think we would be shocked at how many people in our church do not know what the gospel is, and so therefore it's impossible for them to share it. Now, the gospel is an important message. It's an important message that we, that we learn its its completion and its, its, uh, its fullness in uh, four books of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they are called the Gospels. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are called the Gospels, and the reason they're called the Gospels is because they tell the story of Jesus. And the Gospel is wrapped up in the story and the message and the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. So we learn about the gospel there. But I think it's important, and I'm going to go ahead and share with you that we're going to walk through a a clear understanding of what is the gospel. And we're going to do this on a weekly basis for the next several weeks. And so by the end of this series, you're going to be so tired of hearing me talk about this, but maybe you'll know it. So I want you to know what is the gospel. So we're just going to, let me just share with you what is the gospel. In a really simplistic way, this is the answer to that question, what is the gospel? The gospel is that Jesus lived a perfect life and died on the cross for my sin and rose again. That is, in its essence, the message of the gospel. That Jesus lived a perfect life and died on the cross for my sin and rose again. 
All of those different elements are required for the gospel to be a complete story. Jesus lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for my sin and rose again. It's so important that I'm going to have you say it with me. Are you ready? What is the gospel? It is that. Jesus lived a perfect life and died on the cross for my sin and rose again. That is an important message. Now, uh, for some of you, you're saying, wait a minute, there's a whole lot more to the gospel. In some ways, there is more to the gospel, but I'm not talking about a gospel presentation. I'm talking about the gospel itself, the message of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is that Jesus lived a perfect life and died on the cross for my sin and rose again. Uh, By the end of this series, because I'm going to go ahead and tell you, just flash forward, we're going to do this every week. Uh, You're going to get so tired of hearing that, but hopefully by the end of this series, you will know it well enough that you'll be able to say, yep, I got it. Pastor, I'm tired of you saying that because it is ingrained in my head. I can say that without it being up there. As a matter of fact, in coming weeks, we may actually throw some blanks in there, you know, just to test ourselves, right? Jesus lived, say it with me, Jesus lived a perfect life and died on the cross for my sin and rose again. That is really important for you to understand. It's an important message for us to know. Now, it is not, the gospel is not that my life is going to be perfect. The gospel is not that everything's going to work out. The gospel is not that I'm going to be a better person. The gospel is Jesus lived a perfect life and died on the cross for my sin and rose again. That'll be the last time you have to say that today. So that is the gospel, the message of Jesus. It is the truth of the Word of God. As a matter of fact, can I tell you something? That is the story of this book from cover to cover. The message that Jesus lived a perfect, you don't have to say it with me. Jesus lived a perfect life, died on the cross for my sin, and rose again. That is the story of this entire book. I'll give you a little hint. The Old Testament points to that. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tell us that, and the rest of the Bible, all of the rest of the New Testament, helps us to live in light of that. It's all about the gospel. It's all about the message of Jesus. And so we want to understand that, and we want to know that. Now, I just kind of gave you a little bit of a hint. That story does not start in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That story starts at the very beginning. And so what we're going to do over these next several weeks as we look at the gospel B.C. is we're going to look at the gospel before Christ. So the gospel Old Testament style. We're going to see that this message has been around for a long time. 
And so we have the privilege of being able to see God working in our lives and that he doesn't wait for Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John or for Jesus to be born as a baby in Bethlehem. God has been working on the gospel and working in the gospel and telling his story and telling the message from the very beginning. So much so that today I'm going to invite you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 3. Yes, that is way, look, that is way at the beginning of your Bible. Genesis chapter 3. And I just want to read a little bit of this scripture to you because it gives us an understanding of why we need the gospel and really the first gospel message that's ever been, that was ever pr- pronounced is in Genesis chapter 3. Listen to what it says. It says, now the serpent, translation the snake, was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. The serpent said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? You see, the enemy's number one tactic is to get you to doubt the word of God. To get you to distrust God. To just take a step out of, I believe what God says. Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, "Uh, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, in the middle of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. This is a message that that they had kind of heard from God. God said, you can eat of all the fruit, of all the trees. Don't touch the one tree in the middle. We know it as the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God wanted mankind, Adam and Eve, to not have to deal with that knowledge. He wanted them to only know good, not to know evil. He said, so don't eat of that tree. By the way, Eve actually adds to the directive of God. She, she says, he said we couldn't eat of that. And he actually said, if we touch it, we'll die. But the servant said to the woman, you will not surely die. Listen to me. I'm going to tell you the truth. Oh, that God guy, he messes you up all the time. Listen to me. I'll tell you the truth. You will not surely die. Die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, there's some truth and some falsehood here. The enemy does a good job of mixing those up. You will be like God, knowing good and evil, but it will also introduce you to death. So, yes, you will die. That's the falsehood that the serpent tells Eve. But oh yeah, you'll get get to know good and evil and you'll be like God in that way. Doesn't that sound great? So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, I always have to emphasize that, and he ate. She looks at the fruit. She says, it looks pretty tasty. Oh, apparently it's going to make me wise. I'm going to be like God. I'm going to know good and evil. I've been tempted. I want some. She reached out 
She ate. And then she gave some to her husband who was with her. By the way, I, I just feel like I always have to say this. Men, this means that you can't go home this afternoon and say it was your fault. Because you see, what Adam was was he was silent and weak. And he stood by and let all of this temptation happen and never said, hey, I think we should stop there. Who knows what would have happened if he would have. So both Adam and Eve ate of the fruit. And the Bible says that their eyes were opened and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and they made loincloths. And then it says, they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. They tried to hide from God. Isn't that hilarious? But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? I love it when God asks a question. You know, God is a little bit like parents. He never asks a question that he doesn't know the answer to already, right? Where are you? And man said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. I had done wrong and I didn't want to face you. God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? Once again, God never asks the question he doesn't know the answer to. The man said, the woman. It was the woman. It was her. He, he not only goes the woman, he says, the woman whom you gave to be with me, God, you made her. Why, could you just have left well enough alone? If you wouldn't have made her, everything would be fine. The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. <laughs> then the Lord God said to the woman, what is, it, what is this that you've done? The woman said, it was the serpent. It was that snake. The serpent deceived me. And I ate. God can't go back. They have done what they have done. And so he begins to speak the results of these decisions. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. Cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. You see, anybody who is scared of snakes, it's biblical. I take great comfort in that. Number uh, Verse 15, it says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. And then he makes this statement that has been called the proto-evangelion, the first gospel he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel in this moment God is fast forwarding centuries and he is looking way forward to the time of Jesus and he says oh you shall bruise his heel in the form of three nails and a cross but he will bruise your head in the form of a rolled away stone Because while you might try to hurt him, he will absolutely destroy you. You might try to strike at him, he will bruise your heel. But he will bruise your head. He's going to stomp you out. It's the first gospel. It's the message of God. He shall bruise your head. 
and you shall bruise his heel. Have you ever heard somebody say, I've got good news and I've got bad news? Which one do you want first, right? How many of you would say, oh, if you've got good news and bad news, I want the good news first. Anybody? How many of you want the bad news first? Yeah, we always want to finish with the with the, with the good news, right? We want the bad news first. We want the good news second. I'm reminded of a, of a man who went to a doctor and he was in this high state of anxiety. He said, doctor, you have got to help me. I am dying. Everywhere I touch, it hurts. I touch my head and it hurts. I touch my leg and it hurts. I touch my stomach and it hurts. I touch my chest and it hurts. You have got to help me. Everything hurts, doc. The doctor gave him a complete examination. He said, Mr. Smith, I have good news. And I have bad news for you. The good news is you are not dying. The bad news is you do have a broken finger. (laughs) You're welcome for that. Let's go with the bad news first. Friends, the bad news is sin. In this moment... Sin enters the world, and it is bad news. Because you see, sin doesn't just introduce a knowledge of good and evil. Sin doesn't just bring us to a point of of seeing something that, that, that maybe we don't fully understand. Sin does not just make things worse. Sin, in the words of a VBS song from 2017, sin messes everything up. And if any of you were part of VBS that year, you remember that song. Sin messed everything up, everything up. Oh, no. Anyway, so, friend, the bad news is sin. In the moment that sin entered the world, it brought with it every dark and devastating thing that we can even think of. Sin introduced things that are abrasive, irritating, agitating, and hurtful. Sin introduced everything that is harmful and hateful, upsetting and unkind. Things that are sad, bad, and mad. Harsh, impatient, ungrateful, and unworthy. Weak and sick and broken and foolish. Everything deformed, degenerate, diseased, depraved, and depressed and disgusting. Things that are polluted, pathetic, poor, and putrid. Everything dark, dismal, dismaying, despairing, and degrading. Blemished, blasphemous, blighted, faulty, faithless, frail, fading, grotesque and grievous, hate-filled and hideous and insidious, illicit and illegal, lascivious and lustful, everything marred, mutilated, misaligned, misinformed, things that are nasty and naughty, offensive, rancid, rude, soiled, spoiled, tainted, tempting, vile, vicious, wasteful and wanting, sin messed everything up. Every funeral you've ever been to, do you know why you went? Sin. Because sin introduced death. Every doctor's appointment that you've ever been to, do you know why you go to a doctor? Sin. Not necessarily that what caused you to go there was some sin, but sin as a category messed everything up. Sickness and heartache and despair and depression and anxiety 
all of that. It's a result of the category of sin. Because before sin, we walked with God in the cool of the day and everything was perfect in our relationship. But when sin entered the world, it hurt us so deeply. The bad news of eternity is sin. If you've got a problem in your life, if you've got a heartache in your life, can I tell you? It is, at its base, it is a result of the presence of sin in the world. God did not create it this way. God made everything to be perfect. But our sin introduced evil into the world. Sin is the bad news. Aren't you glad that there's bad news and good news? Because you see, the bad news is sin. But the good news, the good news is the gospel. He shall bruise your head. You shall bruise his heel. You shall do everything you can through sin to try to harm the offspring of Eve. Jesus, oh, but in his power, through the message of the gospel, through the truth that Jesus lived a perfect life and died on the cross for my sin and rose again. You will do everything you can to try to destroy him. He will do the thing that will destroy you. The good news is the gospel. This is not Matthew or Mark or Luke or John. This is Genesis. This is the beginning. Listen, I need you to hear this. I need you to understand this. Friend, before you were even born, God had already promised a Savior. Before you were even thought of, centuries and centuries and centuries, before you were even considered, there was already a promised Savior, Jesus Christ. Before Jesus was ever born in Bethlehem, he was the Savior. He was already created. He was already coming. He was already there. And we have the privilege of being able to experience the presence of Jesus in our lives. Friend, before you were even born, before you, before you had ever even been able to sin, there was a Savior that was promised. The book of Genesis tells us that story. And all you have to do is receive him. That's it. The Savior is promised. The Savior is available. The Savior is, in the words of the old song, the Savior is waiting 
The, the price has been paid. The sacrifice has been made. All you have to do is receive him. Invite him. Ask him to be your Lord. To be your Savior. Trust in him. Trust in the message of the gospel. Receive the message of the gospel. Understand and believe the message of the gospel. That Jesus lived a perfect life and died on the cross for my sin. That's you too. For your sin. And rose again. Which means that the message is complete. The circle is finished. He said it on the cross. It is finished. There's nothing more that you can do to add to that message. All you have to do is receive it. All you have to do is take it. The price has been paid. The gift is offered. All you have to do is receive it as your own. The message of the gospel is that he can be victorious in your life. And all of the things that sin has entered into your life can be resolved by the message of the gospel that Jesus lived a perfect life and died on the cross for my and your sin and rose again. Today. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for the privilege of knowing you and following you. And God, I pray that you will work in our lives and in our hearts. God, that you would have your way in us, that your message and your purpose would be accomplished even right now. God, this is your moment. And so we invite you to speak into our lives and to speak into our hearts right now. Would you have your way and allow us to trust in you? As you continue to pray, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond today. Maybe you've never trusted that. Maybe you've never quite heard it that way. Maybe you just don't understand. Maybe you've tried to live a good life. Maybe you've tried to be a good person. Maybe you've tried to be a good church person. Maybe you think that just by being here today, you're like, oh, I got it all figured out. Can I tell you something? The only thing that figures it out is believing in Jesus and trusting in him as your Lord and Savior. Inviting him into your heart and inviting him into your life. If you've never done that, I'd love to lead you in a simple prayer of what it means to give your life to Jesus. If you've never trusted in him as your Lord and Savior, just so I know who I'll be praying with, I'm not going to come to you, I'm not going to call your name or call you out or embarrass you in any way. But if you would like to give your life to Jesus right now, in this room, right in this moment, if you've never given your life to Jesus but you want to, I just want to leave you in a simple word of prayer. Would you raise your hand? I want to give my life to Jesus, and I want to do it right now. Right here in this room, I want to give my life to Jesus. This is your moment. Would you just slip your hand up in the air? I want to give my life to Jesus. That's awesome. Anyone else? I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to do it right now. This is your moment. I'll give you just a moment more. Amen. It's awesome. Anyone else? I want to give my life to Jesus right now. 
So if you raised your hand or if you didn't, I just want you to pray this prayer and uh, just believe the words of this prayer in your heart. It's not, there's nothing magic about this prayer. It just simply uh, allows us to express our desire for Jesus to come into our heart. As a matter of fact, we don't believe anybody should pray alone. So uh, we're just going to all pray this with you. So everybody in the room, we're just going to pray this out loud. Would you just pray with me, dear Jesus? I come to you a sinner, but I believe in you. And I want to trust in you as my Savior. Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Make me clean. Be my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for being my Savior. Thank you that you will never leave me. Now help me to live for you from this point on. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Church, would you give the Lord a hand of what he does in these moments? Amen. To see him working in people's lives, to see hands go up and to see people say, I want to pray a prayer of salvation. What a powerful thing that is. And what an awesome moment it is to see God working in people's lives. Can I tell you though, that's a first step. If you're one of those people who raised your hand or maybe for whatever reason you didn't, but you really believe that in your heart, that maybe you prayed that prayer for the first time. At the end of this service, our, our pastors are going to be down here at the front. We would love to talk with you about your next step, about just that next step. Not, not the next 10 steps, the next step of what it means to give your life to Jesus and to trust him as your Lord and as your Savior. I'm so thankful for what God is doing in our midst and thankful for the way that he works in us. Now, as we continue to worship, would you stand and let's sing this song and then we'll close our time together.